Welcome to the Roll Bam Roll Podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. It's Iron Bowl week, and our guest is the host of Believe in Auburn Football on the Believe Podcast Network. He's former Auburn quarterback, Auburn great, 10 year NFL veteran, Jason Campbell. Jason, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, as you know, this is really a special week in the state of Alabama. You've been a part of this rivalry on the field, but you're you're originally from Mississippi. Did you know the significance of this game coming into Auburn, or was there a specific moment or time frame when you realized how important the Iron Bowl was in the state of Alabama? No, I knew it was important. I, um, growing up in Mississippi, the Egg Bowl was really important with uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. My brother played in that game. I knew that was a, a rivalry. But then when I got a chance to listen to the uh, Auburn-Alabama game on the radio, I was a sophomore in high school. I just remember listening to the game, and, and it sounded so intense and sounded so like just you know above any game I've ever felt or heard uh, at that level and I remember telling my dad I said man it'd be awesome to be able to play in that game uh, one day and then once I got to Auburn and everything I remember it being such a big rivalry because you hear all these stories about people that married that one went to another school one with the Bama one with the Auburn and they don't talk to each other that week or they don't sleep in the same bed or <laughs> and it's just crazy stuff and then to a point where some stuff was just so serious to a point it was sad because I remember uh some parent doing something to some one of their kids or, one, or whatever because they lost the game and I was just like at the end of the day it's still a game you know, it's okay to to, to be rivals and everything, but don't take it to a point where it puts someone's life in danger. But that's when I knew it was a big, big game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, moving on to the game and to Auburn's program, we know the jury is kind of still out on Bo Nix. Some of the Auburn mm-hmm. fan base seems really split on the subject. So as a guy who made a decade-long career out of playing the position – What's your view on Bo Nix? Do you think he's the quarterback to lead Auburn now and really in the future? Well, you know, the first year is always it's going to be some highs and lows and learning curve for him and everything. The tough part about this season is I think the reason a lot of Auburn fans were split is because this was a special year for us, to, supposed to be a special year for us with the defense that we have. You know, it's a defense that uh, only comes around every once in a while. For the last two years, Auburn's had a stellar defense. And uh, a lot of these guys are leaping off that defense this year. Uh, with Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson, you probably won't see two guys up front like that, you know, for a long time. You know, those guys come rare as they come as a pair, the way that those two have come to us. And uh, it's just unfortunate because we played some really good teams this year, LSU, Florida, you know, Oregon, and then, you know, to the Georgia and then Alabama coming this week. So, you know, out of those games, you can see how really a good football team that we have and everything and how we have an opportunity to win those games. But it all comes down to as well that when you have a young quarterback that's a true freshman, you know, playing in probably the most key position in all the sports, you know, without experience, it's tough. You know, it's tough because those games you don't get back and uh, and everything and, and everything. And it's not a detriment to, to Bo. You know, he's just a young freshman that's learning. You know, he wasn't. And he's a, it just so happened he's in that position when Auburn has a really good defense and things don't go well. Of course, you don't get a lot of the blame. 
uh, things do go well, of course, you'll get a lot of the credit. You know, that's just part of playing a position. But I feel like him finishing off this year on a strong note will help him going to his sophomore season. Going to this Alabama game this week, I think, is huge for a lot of reasons. You know, they're playing with Tua. You know, we're playing with Bo. You really can't say he's a freshman at this standpoint because he's played all season and he has more experience at this point than Matt, than uh, the Jones kid from Alabama. So it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a big game and uh, and everything. And like I said, he's played in some really, really big games this year. Some really hard atmospheres as well for any freshman to have to go in and play in. But at the same time, uh, you know, I think the Auburn fan base is split because they think of the season that we probably could have had with this style of defense. Yeah, and kind of staying on track with the offense, we've talked on the show really a lot about Bo Nix, and we fully expect him to have a breakout game on Saturday. The Alabama defense is kind of depleted right now, but Auburn has caught some flack recently from NFL guys and in the media about the offensive system maybe not fully preparing their quarterbacks and their their other offensive players for the league. Is that the perception that you have of the offense as well, or do you disagree? Well, I don't really like, like, every offense is different. You know, like, you look at LSU. If you look at LSU, for example, they had Odell. They had, you know, the other receiver that playing with him in Cleveland, Landry. They had a ton of talent. They had running backs that's in the NFL. And, and all those years, those guys played, played at LSU. And LSU offense was, it was, you know, good, but not like it is now, where it's just great. And those guys are still having success in the NFL. And if you look at Gus Malzahn over the last couple of years, Carrion is in the NFL, Slayton is in the NFL, you know, Ricardo Lewis is in the NFL, you know, so he's put a lot of guys into the NFL. And once you get to that level, a lot of it is about you following with the right team and the right organization. Now, I've heard people try to say some things about, you know, the quarterback doesn't really get prepared and things like that for the NFL and everything. I think it's the different. I think it's just different because the style system Gus runs is a fast-paced system, and it's more of a Lamar Jackson type system. It's more of a Cam Newton type system. It's more of a you know 2013 plus uh, you know type system. And the reason I say that is because when you're a running quarterback and you can run and throw in that type of system, the offense really works. And if you're a drop-back passer, as far as like Stidham was, it's not a really an offense that's tailored for a drop-back passer only and uh, and everything. As you see, Stidham went to New England, and he had some success in preseason because New England offense is more of a drop-back style offense. But if you're a Cam or you're Lamar Jackson and everything, then our offense and Nick that played in 2013, then the offense is going to work really well because it fits the, the the style quarterback that you have in the system. There's ways to look at that. If you throw Lamar Jackson and drop that system in the pros, will Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson? You know what I'm saying? So, but if you throw Lamar, if you throw Stidham in the Baltimore system, could Stidham do the same things that Lamar Jackson is doing? And the answer is no, because there's two different style quarterbacks. So I think it's just based on what type of system each player runs, and you got to go recruit the personnel that fits your system. Yeah, I, I always thought that Nick Marshall was really the perfect Gus Malzahn quarterback, honestly. But, right. but I, I'm sure you talk with other former Auburn players and people associated with the program. Is there a consensus thought on Gus Malzahn? Do you think his tenure at Auburn has kind of run its course, or is there still really a, a path for him to be the future at Auburn? Well, one thing I give him credit for is he's really brought in a lot of talent. Uh, you know, if you look at all his recruiting classes over the last years, you know, he's had a lot of guys that uh, that he's recruited a lot of talent, in which everyone can see. 
course, like I said, everybody, let's be honest, you know, our, our, the reason we haven't reached so much potential or reaching our potential has been, you know, our offense has not been up to par over the last few years, you know, as it was in 2010 and 2013 and, you know, in that way. So we've kind of got to rebuild that back up. And I think part of the reason, reason he wanted to get back into calling plays is so he can have a better feel for the guys that's playing the game and trying to get them touches and different things. And so this is his first year calling plays probably in like the last four years. So, you know, he's trying to get back into it. So at the same time, he has to be honest with himself and say, okay, there are some things that I need to change offensively, you know, to give us a better chance. The thing I would say to him is, play this game Saturday with the cut it loose mentality because Auburn has nothing to lose. Like we're not going to the SEC championship. We're not going to the playoffs. So this Saturday, if you ever going to cut it loose and exhaust all your plays on your, on your playbook, this is the weekend to do it because we have nothing to lose. And Alabama has a lot to lose as far as knocking them out of the playoffs because Oregon lost. Mm-hmm. So for him, I don't think he's coaching for his job because we played five power five teams this year. And we've only won one of them, and that was the Oregon game. Everybody else that we beat on our schedule have been unsuperior opponents. So in order to to have some success and say, okay, your record at the end of the year shows a good record of nine or ten wins, is you got to win at least another Power 5 game. And this is the game he needs to win in order to put confidence back into the boosters, confidence into people trying to donate money to the program, to build all these facilities that we want you have to show them confidence that we can win the big games. And I think this is why this game is so big on Saturday and not per se for his job. Yeah, yeah. so you think the perception could change with a win, win on Saturday, basically. Yeah, somebody you show up and you play really good and everything and uh, you show that, you know, you win two, you know, you win the Oregon game, win the Alabama game, and you beat your arch rival and you knock them out, the playoffs and everything. And, you know, people look at, okay, you had a freshman quarterback and uh, everything. So, you know, they may be – it's not going to fit everything in people's mind, you know, because at Auburn, let's say it, we have high expectations. We expect to compete for championships, and we expect to win, especially when you have the kind of players that we have and kind of defense that we have. We expect wins in some of these big games. And like I said, you know, the reason that we haven't had a lot of wins in some of these big games is because – the most important position in all of football is the quarterback position. And Bo, being a young guy, it's just unfortunate that his freshman year had to deal with playing in Florida, playing in the LSU, playing against you know some teams that are really tough, and you got a defense that's stout. And when things don't go right, everything points towards the offense. And it's just a tough situation to be in. But as far as Gus, you know, like – I haven't heard any rumblings or anything about, hey, you know, he's coaching for his job on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think I think regardless, he probably has another another year. You know, uh, regardless, I think. And at the same time, I think now he will probably have to make some adjustments in the offseason, maybe like bringing in someone that can help with the passing game coordinating or something. Like, you know, just look at Ezron. You know, Ezron, yes, he has Isamine calls and plays, but he brought in Joe Brady to add another element. And you see what it did. It didn't take play calling from his. I mean, he just added another element, and shoot, they took off. Well, you we know, saw, so we sometimes, saw first, firsthand what it did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You saw firsthand. So the yeah. thing is, you can keep everybody on your staff. You can just go add that one piece that may have another element to your offense, get it out of the position that it's in, and get it fast forward. Because for whatever reason, against these tough teams, against unsuperior opponents, we blow them out the water. But against these tough teams, we struggle offensively once we get into the red zone or once we get into a scoring position then for whatever reason it's just not clicking you know at that point so you know it's, it, it all can be fixed 
It's just how do you go about it to fix it. Yeah. You brought this up earlier. Auburn has arguably the best defense in the nation, in my opinion, if not the certainly one of. But they'll be without starting safety, Jamie and Sherwood, for the first half this week after a targeting targeting call in last week's game against Sanford. Is Auburn good enough at every other position to kind of mask that for a half? Basically, how significant of a loss is this? It's a huge loss. You know, you look at uh, Alabama receivers, three of their receivers can easily go in the first round, you know, one day as draft pick. You know, those guys are, they're fast, they're, they're big receivers, they're like, they're explosive. And, you know, like, even though two is out of this game, you can't just say, oh, because they got uh, Jones, we're just going to be like, no, you don't, because we don't really know what that kid can do. You know, he played against Arkansas, he put up good numbers. Of course, Arkansas is not superior now. And then he played against Western Carolina, he put up good numbers. But we haven't seen him in a game like this against this style of defense. So we really don't know what he's going to do. So I expect us to just do what we do and see how they adjust early in the game. But it definitely hurts us from a standpoint of losing a guy like that if they try to attack the middle part of our field and they try to attack us deep. But I do feel like Auburn is well-equipped depth-wise on that side of the ball to handle any of that because we are really too deep in a lot of positions. And depth pays off in a game like this because you're going to need all those guys because it's going to, you can remove all the S's and O's, all the numbers when it comes to this game. This game is about heart and physical and dedication and how bad you want it. And this is what this game comes down to. Yeah, outside of maybe Bo Nix and the loss of Sherwood for Auburn, is there an area of concern for you at all, maybe somewhere you feel like Alabama can take advantage? Uh, my only thing is, if Alabama controls the game with their run game, what I mean by that is if they get their kid Jones in third and short situations where it's third and threes or third and twos or third and fours, it makes the game easier for him to manage on third down. If we can keep him in third and long situations and make him have to force to throw the football, then we can pin our ears back and kind of get after the quarterback. The only other thing that worries me in a game like this is that really doesn't worry me. But our kicking game has kind of been inadequate over the last couple of weeks. I don't really know how much confidence we're at right now as far as, like, you know, Carson's a great kicker. But, you know, everybody hits a slump sometimes. And I don't know where his confidence is that we can't get the ball in the end zone scoring touchdowns and we have to rely on field goals. Is he able to have his confidence back and able to bring us through by kicking those field goals confidently and making them? Uh, look, at least you guys haven't been in a decade-long slump in the kicking game. So there's that. <laughs> um, All right. Look, check him out on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. He's Jason Campbell. Jason, we sincerely appreciate you coming on the show with us. No, appreciate it, guys. Thank you as well. All right. Thank you, man. All right, Brad. I, I wanted to add some perspective to this week and, and this season, really. We said before the the year even started and Alabama had just lost both of their starting inside linebackers that if they won a national championship this year, it would probably take Nick Saban's best coaching job uh, of his tenure at Alabama. So do you still – I mean, that that's even more true today. I mean, I don't know how much more he can afford to lose to, you know, even accomplish that, you know, or come close. Mm-hmm. So – uh, you know, it's like nine of the 11 pins are gone, you know, like <laughs> I don't know how much more you got left here, but uh, it, it's, it's tough, you know, and 
unfortunately when the refs don't give you all the calls you pay for too you know it doesn't help either so yeah what are our checks um, even going towards now i i don't know <laughs> i mean it's not a 401k or anything i can tell you that yeah. well look they've lost their star quarterback they're starting tight end their star freshman running back before the year started both inside line both inside linebackers uh lebron ray another contributor at dn their kicker is out uh, and now the basically the entire starting D-line is questionable for Saturday. I, it's presumed that most of them will play. But even with all of that said, Alabama is one of realistically seven teams in the nation still alive for a, a playoff berth. So that's something. there's something to be said for that. Yeah, but there's also something to be said for even the damn kicker getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> well, we look. We did get our help from Herm. We were begging for it last week, and we got it. Yep. Yep. I didn't think it happened, but hey, that's what I get for doubting Pac-12 after dark. So, that's right. um, if you're uh, if you're the so, committee, do you watch Alabama differently this week than you do, say Utah or Oklahoma? You're not supposed to, but I think you have to. You have to. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's the only way you're truly going to acknowledge and understand the difference between what it could have been and what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I mean, I'm not even saying that you don't take into account what Alabama's done this season, but you almost have to come into this game thinking you're watching a new team. Who, who are they with Mac Jones? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't answer that. Yeah. So we've only seen him against a bad, I mean, a bad Arkansas team <laughs> in Western Carolina. He's looked good in that limited time. But if, if you're on the committee, do you really know who he is yet or who Alabama is with him being the guy? Probably not. Uh-uh. Um, also, defensively, they're playing against a quarterback that's <laughs> that struggled some in Bo Nix. Um, so you had to watch that side of the ball differently as well. His completion percentage is 57. Touchdown to interception ratio is 14 to 6. If you put Alabama in the playoff, any team they match up against is better offensively than Auburn. Mm-hmm. But not much better defensively, though. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow – any of those assuming those are the other teams if you let Bo Nix put up good numbers and say you pull that game out still it could be held against them no I agree 100% it's uh the problem is (laughs) I think they have to also take into consideration the black magic effect so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Alabama gets extra points for it being at Jordan Hare. No, Just yeah, the voodoo like points. Yeah, there's gonna be some shit happen, so they they better be watching differently. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like you said, defensively, I mean Auburn's as good of a measuring stick as you can have for Mac, a Mac Jones led offense. Mm-hmm. They're every bit as good defensively as anyone still alive for the playoffs. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Um. So I, I just feel like the eyes of the committee members may be watching this a, a bit more closely than, say, Utah. Like you said, maybe they shouldn't, but they, they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, 
Uh, I did want to mention Wednesday's basketball game against uh, North Carolina. Brad, not sure if you were able to catch it. Alabama was out-rebounded by 29. Yeah. When I make a list of things that aren't ideal, that's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I knew the loss of Dante Hall was was going to be pretty significant, but there's only 40 minutes in a basketball game. You get out-rebounded by almost 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, – I I guess that's fast-paced. I mean – you know, hey, we we were told, uh, but what's crazy to me is as many rebounds as they did not get at all. Mm-hmm. They still were within this game on paper, at least. Oh, they you were. know, like they were, yeah. And that that was surprising as hell to me. Yeah, and even if they correct one of the many things that were that were going wrong, <laughs> uh, you know, Herb yeah. Jones missed got about six layups probably. They can't finish around the basket. Kyra can. Uh, the rest of them have some issues as far as your your one through four spots. Uh, of course, the turnovers, which the turnovers were not as bad on Wednesday. I'll give them that. Um, and, and there was only one player on the floor shooting well, John Petty. Uh, nobody else could hit their open shots, basically. So if you correct one of those things, either either finish around the basket, hit your hit a good percentage of your open shots. Or, you know, have a just just a mediocre game rebounding. You probably beat North Carolina on a neutral site. Yeah, you know, I, I still think there's, you know, like you said, positives moving forward. I still think there's, uh, they just got to get it all together. And the problem is, is they haven't had that yet. They haven't had even three out of the five all together at once. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be interesting. It's I, I just hope people are patient and, you know, I, I understand, oh, look at Anthony Grant and Dayton right now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. You must not remember what you were saying two years ago, you know, last year. Like, just calm down. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I love Anthony Grant. Like, I, I will always like Anthony Grant. I think he's a great man. I think he was a great ambassador for the university. But you can't take what he's doing at Dayton. Dayton is – a top tier program in their conference as well Mm -hmm. in a portion of the United States that, I mean, to be honest, takes basketball more seriously than the deep South as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a different situation. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, it's going to take that, that first real, you know, hell, I think people would have been on board, obviously just by upsetting North Carolina, but they're they're close. I just think they got to be patient. And I mean, my God, I shouldn't have to say they say that, you know, in the first year anyway. Yeah. So it's it's not like Nate Oates is going to be, you know, our basketball version of Willie Taggart. So I hope not. I hope we have no versions in any sport of Willie Taggart, to be honest. <laughs> but all right. Well, I want to thank Jason Campbell for coming on with us. Uh, we did record this before the Iowa State game on Thursday, so uh, of course, no mention of that. But, uh, yeah, it's Iron Bowl week, so everybody have fun. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, This has been the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Roll Todd.